Charlotte Leslie. I'm the director of CMEC, the Conservative Middle East Council. Today we're talking to His Excellency Mohammed Al-Daraji. Mr. Al-Daraji is the president of Iraq's National Defence Industries Commission. Formerly, he was Minister of Housing and Construction, Minister of Industry and Minerals, and a twice-elected Member of Parliament in Iraq. Mr. Al-Daraji was a professional civil engineer in the UK, working on public and private sector projects. Your Excellency, welcome. Thank you very much. His mission is quite large. Over five years, he is seeking to secure Iraq internally from terrorism and non-state militias, show Iraq's neighbours that Iraq is not an easy target for interference, and to start the basic defence industry idea as a proof of concept. Your Excellency, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to express our views about what's going on in the, in the region. Thank you, and I, we couldn't be meeting at a more concerning time. We're meeting as Russia is launching its full-scale invasion into Ukraine. Can I ask, what is your view of what this is going to mean for the Middle East region and for Iraq in particular? How do you see this panning out? The situation is very crucial, especially with 700 kilometers of flat border with Syria. And you know there is a presence for Russia and Syria. and. Uh, the conflicts it may happen between the West, United States of America and the European countries on the side and the other side of Russia and their alliance in the region. If the conflict transferred to Syria and Syria being a battlefield for this conflict, then it will be a direct impact on Iraq. And our national security have to consider this and take this in account because especially what happened in Hasek a few weeks ago when uh, some ISIS leaders ran away from the prison then uh, we don't know when this impact will start it's a matter of time but this impact especially the conflict between United States of America and Russia will have a direct impact in Syria and indirect impact on Iraq on the other hand the other side of the border, which is Iran, and there is a negotiation in Vienna and Austria between America and Iran on the nuclear deal. If this deal has been affected by the invasion of Russia, because you know Russia is a good friend with Iran, so if this deal affected, then another problem will impact Iraq indirectly from the other side of the borders. So we are in very, geopolitically, we are in very difficult situation at the moment. Recently there was a meeting between Syria, Iraq, Iran and Russia. What do you think would have been discussed and what do you think maybe the outcomes of, of that meeting? What would you expect? This was a regular meeting for the last four or five years. And they try to cooperate in information and intelligent information. Uh, to defeat uh, ISIS. And, and if you are Russia, obviously Russia has its own interests in reasserting it, its presence in former Soviet bloc states, but also the Middle East is very relevant to all this. What would your aims be if you were in the position of Russia at the moment? What can be gained in its influence over the Middle East from its incursion into Ukraine? This took me back to 1991 when the Iraqi regime, the toppled regime, 
invaded Kuwait and after the invasion there was severe sanction and military action against Iraq and we still suffer from these resolutions and the last one ended just a few days ago when we paid Kuwait all the money they asked for in National Security Council resolution we paid hundreds of billions of dollars to Kuwait and our economy is affected as a 5% of our oil resources has to go to United Nations to give it to Kuwait and other damaged businesses or countries or personnel so I think Russia made a big mistake and Russian people will pay for it I don't think it will be a direct conflict in the region because the Europe United States are not ready to fight Russia over Ukraine but the impact will be somewhere else and I hope Iraq will not be one of these places that will receive the impact of this invasion. Do you think there will be food security implications from what is going on, for, not from Iraq maybe, but for other parts of the Middle East? No, because the Middle East don't have any such a relation with both countries. But of course the oil prices, the gas prices will affect it. And we have to wait for sequences and subsequences of this invasion and what the reaction of the West and the United States of America, European countries. Is it just sanctions? Can Mr. Putin get away with what he's doing? Would he expand more than, further than uh, Ukraine? This is the questions we need to know before answer such questions. Mm. And I want you to answer this, please, if you, if you can, very honestly. We have a resurgent Russia establishing itself ever more energetically on the world stage. And on the other hand, we have the West. And some may say that the West showed lack of judgment in 2003 with its invasion of Iraq and the way that was conducted. Perhaps a, a lack of resolve in stepping back from the red line that Obama put down in Syria 2013 on engaging in Syria if there was use of chemical weapons. And then the retraction from Afghanistan in 2021. Has the West got some work to do to reassure its former, its, its usual friends and allies that it is indeed a dependable friend and ally? To be quite honest with you, if we look at these experiences, it's all failed. The invasion of Iraq, liberation of Iraq, toppling the regime, whatever you want to call it, it's failed to build a robust and strong state in Iraq. Afghanistan, after several years of war, and spend resources. The American soldiers and Western soldiers lost their lives. Then Taliban came back and we back to square one. So is it failure or not? Yes, it is. Is the any success in Iraq? I would say no, because this ideal model of democracy in the Middle East didn't work. People doesn't like the democratic regime because it's weak regime. I'm not pro-dictatorship because I was a position to Saddam Hussein, but democracy needs time and needs resources and needs support. Now, Iraq is not a top priority for America. Iraq is uh, suffering alone. That's why we 
try to talk to the British government and British people because they have a moral responsibility. Since 1920, new Iraq has been created under patronage of the United Kingdom. Now, all our systems are linked to the British system. Education, engineering, medicine, all the aspects that we work on in Iraq is based on British system. So I think this is the time for the British policymaker to rethink about their attendance in Iraq. There's a lot of ways to attend and to be influential in Iraq rather than using British Navy or British Air Force. Economy, education, social relations, all these issues need to be considered seriously by the British side to work in Iraq. And one of the reasons for me to visit United Kingdom is to ask the British relevant agencies and governmental body and businesses to work together to build a defense industry and to localize our defense industry to enable the Iraqi government to serve the Iraqi people and to, to do the duty, their duty to save Iraqi people. We have a lot of challenges. We have ISIS challenges, neighboring threats, and out-of-law militias. We need a strong government to deal with all these challenges and the threats. And these strong governments need a strategic defense policy. One of the most important aspects of this strategy is to have an own defense industry. It's defensive, not offensive. This is very important to, to be clear, to be honest. I'm Charlotte Leslie, the director of CMEC, and I'm speaking to His Excellency Mohammed Al-Daraji, who is the president of Iraq's National Defence Industries Commission. We've moved very, very well into your current role and your current mission. You're trying to build an Iraq that's self-sufficient and independent in terms of its own defence capability and strategy. What's the current situation? How is Iraq's defence capabilities and strategies divvied up at the moment? One of the big mistakes has been done by CPA, led by Paul Premer, is to demolish the defense industry of Iraq, which has been built in the 80s, back in the 80s. For our listeners who don't know what CPA is, uh, can you explain? CPA is, CPA is the Coalition Provisional Authority, led by Paul Premer, which is the authority has been created by the American to rule Iraq between 2003 and 2004. So they demolish this organization. Nevertheless, the outcome of this organization, which was a very strong organization, has been misused by the political system under Saddam regime. But unfortunately, we lost a lot of expertise, we lost a lot of, a lot of factories. And then when ISIS attacked in 2014, we discovered that we don't have enough resources to defend ourselves. Although the West and other alliance help us with the, some airstrikes and air force services, but the man-to-man -man battle, ISIS was well equipped while our soldiers wasn't. And 
while our soldiers weren't, then we asked for help from everybody. Then the Iranian helped us with the some ammunitions and light guns. Not the West. The West helped us with the airstrike and air force services. And we paid the price for the Iranian twice. How do you mean? We paid the price, the money, financially, and we pay the price politically because they increase their influence in Iraq. Anyway, we are where we are. Now we want to build industry that allow us to defend our country without relying on others. Of course, neighbor countries will not help us because they, they want a weak Iraq. Therefore, we have to seek assistance from our friends who's far than our neighbors. And I think United Kingdom must be one of these countries who help Iraq to build their national security strategy, or at least to help to nominate the right countries to work with us. Your Excellency, you talked earlier about Britain's moral responsibility towards Iraq since it founded the concept itself of Iraq as a country. Some of our listeners might say, well, look, that was a while ago and we've got a lot going on. What's in it for us? Why should the UK care about Iraq's stability and defence independence? Yeah, because the whole area will affect the future of British people. Most of the energy that the United Kingdom consumes is from the region. The gas from Qatar, oil from the region as well. So the geographic uh, position of Iraq and geopolitics of the area affect the interest of British people and British policymakers. Uh, therefore, the uh, helping Iraq and the stable Iraq and enhancing the relation between Iraq and the United Kingdom it will be mutual benefit for both countries, especially when we know that there are a lot of business opportunities in Iraq, either in, in, in defense industry or in civil industry. Uh, the uh, similarity in systems, the education background for Iraqis, which is a British system, it will help a lot to get a lot of business opportunities for British businesses on PPP or on B2B or G2G. I mean, business to business or public-private partnership or government to government deals. Or either, which we try to create another model, is B2G, British business with the Iraqi government, to have a partnership to build such a project, which will be a very beneficial project. And you'd see opportunities on both sides of for course, that? it's mutual benefits. Pretend that I am the Foreign Secretary and my civil servants have asked you for three points of what you would like me to do following our meeting. What would those three points be? One, to retrieve your influence in Iraq and try to fill the gap that the American left in Iraqi policy to help Iraqis to have their sovereignty help Iraqis have a strong government uh, to I'll be quite honest with this please to change the British mindset
regarding the sectarian issue in Iraq. And being there is a majority will be ruling the country for next decades. So British can play, British foreign uh, policy can play a very good role to get a good relationship between Iraq and uh, other Arab neighbors, the Gulf states who link to the United Kingdom uh, and have a very good relation between United Kingdom and uh, Gulf states. So uh, I would ask you to use your influence to get good relation between Iraq and other Gulf states. Either it's good now, but you need to enhance it. The third one, uh, economy. Uh, as you merge with DFID, as I heard. So uh, use Iraq as economical hub for UK as well. There's a lot of opportunities, economical, financial opportunities in Iraq that we can get these benefits for United Kingdom, for Iraq as well. So get a trade mission and go to visit Baghdad and start practical steps to do business with Iraq, either in defense industry, civilian industries, trading, oil and gas sector, anywhere, any domain. You find your British businesses interested to work on. I'm Charlotte Leslie, the director of CMEC, and I'm speaking to His Excellency Mohammed Al-Daraji, who is the president of Iraq's National Defence Industries Commission. Your Excellency, a few years ago, ISIS and Iraq was all over our newspaper headlines and our news bulletins. Today it's not. Has ISIS disappeared in Iraq? No. There are a lot of sleeping cells of ISIS, and they can wake up any time. Honestly, they are operating in the desert between Iraq and Syria, and it's very dangerous. And if we come back to the beginning of our interview, the Russian-American conflict may give opportunity to ISIS to start again attacking Iraq or in Syria. Where are they getting their funding? Ah, uh, this is a one million pound question. I always just make jokes that uh, Daesh, ISIS came from sky. Come on, they came from different routes, Turkey, route, France, UK, Germany, from everywhere, from Africa, from North Africa, and the fund, this is the very tricky question. I mean, you know, if you want to transfer 10,000 pounds anywhere, a lot of questions, I mean, they stop your account unless you get the resource. How come ISIS get all these all this money transferred, all this cash, where did they get this cash? And how can they get their arms, cars, ammunition? I mean, this is a question mark. Iraqis must ask the West these questions because the West have the financial control ability, they have the cyber ability to find out where does these guys get their funds. So, I'll be quite honest with you, a lot of Iraqi people believe that ICE is made by the West to attack some countries in the region. 
and Iraq suffered a lot. We fought Daesh or ISIS on behalf of the whole world because before we fought them, they attack in Paris, attack in Spain, they attack in London, and of course they attack in the United States of America. So we fought them in our land with our resources with not a great help from the West. So the West must know where they get their funds because the banking system controlled by the West. I think maybe as we look at Russian influence, financial transparency, regulation of companies' house in the UK and the use of the City of London and London as a laundromat for money, I think will come into ever more question. Talking about money, can we talk a little about Iraq's economy and where that is at the moment? I mean, it's Iraq have what we call it the Dutch disease. We rely on oil resources only. We need to diverse our economy. We need to get more investments, private investment. We need to control the exchange rate and get a real value for Iraqi dinar. We need a policy that can build a robust economy, not depend on oil only, because 95% of our resources came from oil. I would keep that 5% of the oil resources which used to go to Kuwait, and it's finished now, to keep it in a special fund special account to do special projects that create jobs for people and to make the economy stronger because our budget 75 percent because 75 percent of our budget go for salaries and day-to-day -day expenditures we need to increase the money to be invested in major projects to create more jobs in private sector and to enhance our industry and agriculture. Otherwise, it will be a disaster. And again, if this experience fail, that means the West project to build a democracy in the Middle East fail. So it's again, it's responsibility for United States of America, United Kingdom, because they are the two countries who invaded Iraq, to make this regime successful. And Iraq is not experimental. Iraq is not experimental field for United States and United Kingdom. So they have to help Iraq seriously to build strong economy, to build strong government, uh, to uh, make this project, who started in 2003, successful. You've mentioned strong government. We've been waiting, I guess, for a while for a cohesive government to form which could have a cohesive economic policy. What's the state of government and governance in Iraq currently? At the moment, it's very complicated. There is no biggest block. We have a lot of cases submitted to Superior Court regarding the election results and the nomination for the president. And then there is disagreement between Shia parties to nominate the Prime Minister. But unfortunately, these party leaders don't want a strong candidate to be a Prime Minister. They're always looking for a weak personality to be a possible candidate for the Prime Ministry job. And this will lead to another disaster. We need a team 
governing team with any prime minister to run the country. We cannot run the country the same way for the last 17 years. So we need to form a strong government with a strong personality candidate and who believe in teamwork and he create a team to run the, the, the country. If I was being devil's advocate, I could say, well, Britain wants strong governance in Iraq. But what's Britain's role in forming that governance? Would Britain be welcome in interfering, as some might say, in I, Iraq's governance? I don't think any country will be welcomed for such interfering because it's internal matter. But advice, relation with some friends, giving some ideas, it's good. Trying to be a mediator between the parties. You have very good embassy in Baghdad, so you can play such role. But direct interfering, no, it's an Iraqi internal matter. Your Excellency, thank you. I've been talking to His Excellency Mohammed al-Duraji, the President of Iraq's National Defence Industries Commission. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you.